Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We are back. We are back. Doug is back. <laughs> Rick Stroud, we are back, buddy. We are back and should I say better than ever? No, I don't want to say that. Uh, yeah, last time, back. last time somebody said that <laughs> we were unemployed. That's right. It's been way too long. Way yeah, too long. Welcome to the Rick and Tom podcast, and uh, we should do a little house cleaning right at the top here. You can find us each and every week. There, we're going to tape these uh, so that they're ready to go for you on your morning drive to work. So the plan is six a.m. every morning, or about uh, somewhere about then. Uh, you can uh, listen to us. A lot of places, TampaBay.com. Go to the sports page on there. But the best places you want to, to uh, subscribe, SoundCloud is the place to get it for now. And then within the upcoming days here, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, where else? Where else we got? Stitcher, Stitcher yep. and, uh, and tune in. And when we say subscribe, that's, that's not a fee. There's no, uh, there's no cost exactly. to listening. Just uh, sign up so that uh, you'll have that available to you every morning or whenever so, you want to listen. Yeah, no, and everything will be up to date. So if there's a late Rays game, a late Lightning game, uh, something breaks with the Bucks late at night, uh, we'll be there first thing in the morning to talk about because we're actually, you're, hopefully you're listening to this on Monday morning. And uh, we just recorded this uh, just, a, just a little while ago. So um, this is pretty much as, as close to live as you can get. And uh, eventually we'll be able to uh, uh, maybe take some of your uh, phone calls in terms of we can maybe play some sound. Uh, you can check us out. Another way to find us, too, look on Twitter, uh, at NFL Stroud, at Tom W. Jones. If you have questions, we'll try to get them out on the air as well. We're going to have interviews as time goes along here. Uh, but, uh, but we're looking for Rick, it's, this is, it's hey, weird. We haven't, we haven't done this in a while, but uh, I'm looking forward to talking Tampa Bay sports again with you. Well, it's great because, uh, you know, obviously there's so many people that, uh, that you know, listen to our, our, show, our show on 620 WDAE. And, of course, we're, um, we're there in the pregame and things like that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing that me and you did for five years. But the podcast format, I think, is going to be really great, Tom, because um, we can go a little deeper in some of our mm-hmm. discussions. And, of course... You know, listeners can can listen. You know, any place in their car, anytime they can turn it off, come back to it. Um, but there's there's really no interruptions for uh, for a commercial. Um, although we'll have sponsors and things like that. Um, but we can we can go a little longer. There's no breaks we have to hit, um, and and really get inside of some of the topics that we're going to be talking about. And of course, you know, the big topic, um, you know, on Monday mornings always uh, during the NFL season is the Buccaneers, and they finally finally got a chance to open the regular season after all we've been through with the hurricane Irma and, you know, uh, players leaving town. We, I left town, everybody coming back. Um, certainly a lot of people had it worse off uh, than I did. I didn't even lose power. Um, but you uh, did not lose power. I did not lose. And I'm told I did not lose power. I was <laughs> by my neighbors who did not lose power. Cause I did, I bailed, I bailed on Saturday um, simply because there was, I, I actually thought, that you know, I, I didn't see the way the way the storm was going and Jim Cantore was was right down the street. It appeared from my house that we were going to get it. And um, it, it seemed like for all the world that the Bucks were making plans. They were going to go to the University of Minnesota and their whole plan was we're going to go there. Uh, you know, P.J. Fleck, who used to coach with the Bucks, allowed them to practice. They were going to you know, most likely play the game um, against the Chicago Bears at the University of Minnesota. And then, of course, next week. Um, they play the Vikings, so they would stay there and practice. And I just didn't see with all the power outages and everything how, you know, one buck place might not be functional. And certainly, you know, the number of people it, it takes to put on a game. But anyway, fortunately, all of that um, got behind them. And there was a game they were able to play. There's a lot of football games, in fact, at Raymond James this weekend. You were at one in Gainesville, which we'll talk about, the Florida Gators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and football is back. It's back like yeah. us. Yeah, no, and it was. Let's get into a little bit of the Bucks game. The Bucks uh, open up the season with an impressive victory against the Chicago Bears, twenty-nine to seven. Rick, and I'll tell you what, I was, you know, me, glass half empty, you know, and I know it's a bad Bears team, and Mike Glennon's a bum, and all this. I'm telling you what, I was blown away 
by how good the Tampa Bay Bucks were in this game. I'm very impressed with how they played. And I know that this is going to stun people because, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm always the Debbie Downer on this. But this is a really good football team, and I thought they proved it. And I thought I was more excited than Dirk Cutter was excited about this team. I thought I was more excited than Jameis Winston was excited. I watched this team go out and kick the crap out of another NFL team and I was blown away by I was convinced, Rick, because as you mentioned, Hurricane Irma and the starters haven't played in three weeks and they have hard, you know, the practices have been messed up and they took days off when you weren't planning on taking days. They had a bye week before the season started. I was convinced they were going to come out, stumble, bumble around. And at halftime, the score was going to be six to three. And late in the fourth quarter, the Bears are going to have a ball with a chance to win that. This game was never competitive, really, after about what? Uh. 18 minutes or so? Uh, if that, yeah. I mean, you know, to sit here and see a 20, I, I really couldn't remember. I was trying to think the last time that the Bucks had a, you know, 26 to nothing lead at halftime. And it certainly could have been more even. But it was dominating. It was dominating from the start. Now, look, yeah, there will be things said about the Bears and about, you know, the lack of outside receivers. And, and, and really, Mike Glennon did not play a great game, to say the least, when you have a pick six and, and a couple interceptions and, and a fumble. Um, having said all that, you know, they dominated this football game. And you don't see that in the NFL. You really don't. And remember, you know, a week ago, I sat and watched the Bears really should have beaten the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, they dropped two balls on the goal line in the in the last series where Mike Glennon brings them back and beats the Atlanta Falcons. So that was one week ago. They had a couple injuries in that game. There's no doubt about that. But the Bucks having not – some of these guys had not played, well, most of them in, in 22 days – a few had not played in a month, and there they were um, just kind of laying it to them. Now, I think, Tom, there was a reason why the defense was better than the offense today. Which is why? Which is because you play defense with emotion. You play defense with energy, and they had that starting the game. And they, they're in the second year under Mike Smith, not the first. So they knew what they were doing. You know, there wasn't any communication lapses, those kind of things. They could just go out there and play fast. And to start the game, I thought the fact that, you know, of course the Bucks, you know, they didn't win the toss, but they got the ball and had a long drive in it and a field goal. But when the defense got out there, they were able to just fly around and, and hit people. And, and, and as the game wore on, you saw how it was more difficult for the offense. They were a little bit off. The execution wasn't there. And, and that's not unexpected in a first game. And it certainly would not be, I think, unexpected – in a, uh, a game that you have you know, not played as a group for about 22 days. Well, I think if you look back at this game, Rick, I don't think there's any question the defense was better than the offense. And that was sort of the theme of the story that you wrote for the Tampa Bay Times. And I know bef uh, after the game, you asked Dirk Cutter about just how good that defense was and how well they played on Sunday. Well, if you look at the second half of last year, they were a dominant defense. I, in my opinion, they just picked up where they left off. So... Uh, yeah, it wasn't really that surprising to me because we see him every day in practice. And uh, I thought I thought we did an awesome job. Smitty and his staff had a great game plan. And, uh, you know, there's there's things to work on on both sides, like I said. But the D, the D stole the show today. Hey, Rick, we'll get into things they need to work on on both sides of the football. But defensively, I, I, I you know, there I thought there were times that the pass rush wasn't great, I don't think, at, at certain times of the game. But I thought overall um, – this is the Bucks defense. This is what they do. You, you might pick up yards on them. Mike Glennon sort of dinked and dunked them up and down the field at times. They bend, they bend, they bend, but they ultimately don't break, and then they get a turnover. I think with this defense, now look, it may happen that a team will be able to put together a long bomb against them, but I think for the most part, if you're going to score against this defense, you're going to have to put together about 12, 13, 14, or 15 plays, and I think the Bucks count on – one of those 14 or 15 plays, you're going to mess up, and they're going to take advantage of it. Yeah, well, Dirk Cutter mentioned that they he thought they were pretty good the second half of last year, and he's right. I mean, you know, this is a team that finished with 28 or 29 turnovers last year. That was third best in the league. I think, um, you know, they were either – I think they were at the top for the second half of the season since, like, week nine. And, and they were among the tops in scoring defense the second half as well. So picking up from where they were – and then you go and, and you add some pieces. And plus, you know, we talked about one of the big plays in the game, Tom, was Noah Spence coming off the edge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to the blind side, 
um, you know, Mike Glennon, he sacks Glennon, but he also gets the ball out. You know, that sack fumble, you know, we talked about Spence taking the next step. Well, it's one thing to get sacks, and I think if he stays healthy, he's going to be a guy that's going to have 10 or 12 or who knows how many. Ayers predicted 15. That's kind of absurd. They'll, but, they'll stop the league if they get double digits <laughs> of sacks, by the way. I think, well, yeah. They'll put a statue outside of Raymond James of that guy. Well, there should be one of Simeon Rice. So he'll come out on the field, <laughs> hold the guy's hand up. It'd be like, you know, when Emmett Smith broke Walter Payton's record or something. But um, <laughs> you're right. Ricky, it'd should... be like Ricky Henry. I am the greatest of all time. <laughs> That's right. Ricky's the best stolen base anywhere. Uh, <laughs> Ricky, Ricky stole that base. So, you know, you see the sack fumble. And then, you know, it, it, they're, they're becoming – this team, if you look at the way they're constructed and in the way the really good and great, sometimes great defenses are, I mean, you have now Pro Bowl players um, at every level, okay? Because we know we know about McCoy. Chris Baker is a guy that's going to really help them, a bigger body inside. Um, if Ayers can ascend to what they think he's going to be, as which is an elite pass rusher in this league, um, the linebackers are still the strength of this team. You have two guys that have either been all pro or been to the Pro Bowl, and Levante and Quan Alexander. We'll talk about the rookie Beckwith and the job he did when Alexander went out. And then on the back end, you know, Grimes has been to, to three Pro Bowls. And then, you know, you add um, a guy like uh, T.J. Ward. And he didn't even play that much. So suddenly they're starting to put together, you know, this cast with first-round picks like Vernon Hargraves and guys now that are not rookies that are, that are going into their second years, their third years, their fourth years. And, man, I'm telling you, this is how you build something special. I look at the, the possession and drive chart for the Bears after the game or, you know, for yeah. the game today. Interception, mm -hmm. fumble, interception. That's our first three possessions right there. Punt, punt, <laughs> not good? Not very punt, good. <laughs> downs, out on downs, out on downs, and then they score a touchdown basically against the second team late in the game. They had 310 total yards of offense, Rick. And I would Bucks say had you know, one more yard, <laughs> right? One more yard. But here's the here the second half. They had drives of 62, 47 and 57 yards. Yeah. At garbage time. They were just yeah. like the bucks. Are fine. Go ahead. Pick up all the yards you want. We'll keep you out of the end zone. We have a 20 at that point, a 20, what, nine to nothing lead. So yeah. it, for them, it was it, this was a dominating, I thought, defensive performance. Like I said, the first three possessions, you get interception, fumble, interception. I think you're going to have a pretty good day. And they also get a special teams turnover on a dumb yeah. play by the Bears, and they turn that into points immediately. So, look, they, I, I realize, look, it's the Bears, and, I, and I, I'm not going to get – I'm not going to go overboard with this because, as Dirk Cutter says, it's an NFL team out there. They're, they're on scholarship too. It's not a good team. I get that. But at the same time, they didn't play the Falcons, as you mentioned, all that bad a week ago. Um, and I Had them beat. Had them beat. And I know a year ago at this time, we're looking back at the Bucs, and they beat Atlanta on opening day in That's Atlanta. right. And I'm and the one that always says, <laughs> don't get too excited about opening day. Win right. or lose. Right? And they went out and they lost the next three. Yeah. All right. The Patriots look like crap on opening day. Well, you know, they just had a pretty good game against New Orleans. Right. Um, exactly. Today. So it's not, you know, it, it is such a long season, and so many things can go wrong. And, and, it, and you do sometimes get a false picture of, of what you just saw. What is not... What is not fake, what is not fake news, is what they did against the run. Look, the Bears, there's one thing the Bears can do, and they've gotten better even this year, is run the football. I mean, this is a team, you know, John Fox, wherever he goes, is going to want to run it. And a year ago, Jordan Howard ran for over 100 yards. They had over 120 yards as a team a year ago. This same Bears team with a different quarterback in Jay Cutler. And then they add a guy like Tariq Cohen, who, if you haven't seen this guy, I mean, he is, you know, he is lightning, um, and unfortunately for the Bears, he's about all they have as a weapon, both in the passing game and as, as a runner. Well, today, those two guys combined for 16 carries for 20 yards. Yeah, 20 I'm yards. I'm here to tell you, 20 yards rushing in an NFL game, it's, a, it's an incredible feat. And, and any defense that can shut down the run like that, don't care who you are, and then get a turnover or two, I mean, that's a recipe for domination. Well, and then what ended up happening is, yeah, they, they tried to run the ball early, couldn't run. Bucks get a big league. And then all of a sudden you sit back and you can you can play pass defense the rest of sure. the afternoon. And you can force a team. It, you know, the again, the Bears had to put together, you know, 10, 11 play drives just to get down deep into the into the Bucks uh, territory. 
and and you play that kind of defense all day long, you're you're going to win a whole bunch of ball games. Meanwhile, I talked about how the Bucks defense interception, fumble, interception on the first three drives. How about the Bucks offense? Now I know the timing wasn't completely there, and I thought Jameis was okay. I didn't think he had a great game, although I'm sure Dirk Cutter was pleased that he didn't turn the ball over, and that's starting. Well, right that's there. huge. Yeah, but. Their first three, first four drives, five drives actually. This, this is here their first half drives. Field goal, punt, which they end up getting the ball back. Touchdown, touchdown, field goal. That that'll work. I mean, you you put up those type of offensive numbers. I don't care if you if you don't throw for 400 yards. Jameis did, and he only threw for a little over 200. Um, they didn't run the ball like crazy. I think they ran for a little over 100 yards. Uh, but I look. I thought they were okay offensively too. I don't think Dirk was quite as excited as as again as I was. I, this is a world gone mad, Rick. I was way more excited about the Bucks today than Dirk Cutter was. I don't <laughs> well, get it. Well, because Dirk Dirk sees that you know it was not a good performance on offense. I mean, look, they, you know, you walk away and you go, well, you know, twenty nine points. But as Jameis told us that in the shower, this is what they, this is what they talk about in the shower. Apparently, Robert Ayers and Jameis Winston. Ayers said, "Hey, <laughs> that one thing he said to me uh, in the shower, uh, he was like, man, we got to step on their throat.' You know, saying that's what we have to do." We up 26, uh, nothing uh, at halftime, and we only get 29 points. You know, we got to continue to get better, continue to to dominate. Because they scored three points in the second half, and yeah. that's not what you do. You beat this team 40 something, and of course they lost a shutout. Vernon Hargraves drops an interception in the end zone in the last two minutes. It should have should have you know clinched the the shutout, which is very rare in the NFL. Um, but look, I mean, they did not run the ball very good in the preseason. Doug Martin's not coming back, uh, you know, for another, what, two games. He's going to miss two more right. games. And they're sitting here. They average, you know, less than four yards of carry, less than three and a half yards of carry as a team. Um, you know, Jacquiz Rogers, who got 20 carries today, 19 carries, only 67 yards. The guy that came in late in the game um, when they were just trying to grind it out actually played better, and that's Peyton Barber. I expect right. You'll see more of Barber as they come to trust him. We trust Peyton to do anything we, we put him in there to do. It just didn't seem, you know, just the way the game fell with the turnovers and everything, just didn't seem like we had the ball very much in the first half. Uh, it was great It was great that when we did get it. Uh, we wanted to get him in there earlier, and we, it just seemed like we really didn't get a chance. I thought, you know, I thought Peyton did fine when he got in there. I thought he got a little bit tired. Charles Sims had a bad game. He didn't play a lot in the preseason. He fumbles the ball. That killed one drive. But the red zone problems they had last year, they showed up again, you know. And other than, you know, Jameis being able to throw just a tremendous fade route, which he seems to have down, although we didn't see in the preseason much, but he hit it, hit it to Mike Evans on the one play. Um, yeah, they moved the ball, but it wasn't, it wasn't really what they were looking for on offense. They, they missed some shot plays. After every great game, you always got to go back to the field room and find something that you can get better on. Uh, better at, and uh, definitely those two uh, balls, uh, three especially, uh, four, three to the shine. Uh, we got to get better at that, man. That's the sort of thing you would expect that as time goes on in, in real live action, uh, you know, that they get better at. But today, I mean, I know how Dirk, Dirk Cutter's an offensive coach. You know, he, he's pleased that the defense came in and took the game over. He didn't care if he wins by one, you know, or, or by, you know, whatever they won by today. Um, cause I don't do math, but I, 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 I just 22. That, it was 22. Was it 22? I, I, yeah. I understood right, it would be seven no math minus in this 29. <laughs> yeah. That's 22. Yeah. Yeah. So deuces, baby. I just think the Dirk knows that, you know what? We, we really didn't do our job. You know, like that's not the way it's supposed to look. This is We're crazy talk. Like. You're talking crazy no, it's talk. Not. They no, won because, 29. They blew out a bad football. They scored almost well, he's 30 points. He's not throwing the win back. He's not throwing the win back. But he, They but scored 29 points every – and I know like seven of them came on a pick six. I get it. But they play like they, – they, the offense played well enough to, to – what, they put up 20-some, 22 points. I'm, now I'm trying to do math. A 20 off turnovers in the first half, off turnovers. But, but they scored – I'll they take kicked, this every they week. They kicked the field goals and they scored one touchdown. <sighs> And they won by three touchdowns. I, but, I just to me, and I know the defense had a lot to do with it. Buy into the coaching mentality for me here, please. Take I, off your the, little rate. Take off your little journalist hat, your little columnist hat, because I think mean? you're you're caught up in the fact you're caught up in the fact that you're saying nice things about the Bucks, and I'm trying to be Debbie Downer just a little bit. That's why I, this podcast is so different than anything we've ever like, done before. Because mind I'm you, mind blown. 
gone. I, I'm just telling you, I got, I woke up this morning, the uh, on the day of the game, and I thought the Bucks were going to struggle, and I thought they're going to be rusty. I didn't, I didn't know if they're 100. They were going to win, and then they come out and they absolutely destroy a team, and we're sitting there, and then and afterwards, Dirk Cutter's like, oh, I even asked Dirk Cutter after the game. I said. Could you be more pleased with the way the way they played? Oh yeah, I could be more pleased. <laughs> I could be a lot more pleased than this. Really? Yeah. If we played a perfect game, we wouldn't have anything to work on, would we? Are you saying that just to be a contrarian? Are you just no. trying to be difficult to me? No. Or, because I'm looking at, I'm like, I'm look. Tom Jones thinks they had a good day, and I, why does anybody else think they had a great day? I think See, this is what happened. This is what happens when when the hurricane comes and you have time to contemplate what's really important in your life. I had no power realize. for two days. I was out. I was sweating. <laughs> I, I lost. I was. I was. I, I had a volleyball that I was talking to at one point. I didn't know what was going on. Come on. Oh, you didn't have it that bad, but <laughs> but I, I I understand what Dirk is saying, and they do have to be much better than they were today. But you know how we talked about like rest versus rust. You yeah. saw both. You saw both. What you saw was a rested defense, a bunch of guys with fresh legs to start the game anyway because they were taking IVs at halftime. Right. But you saw a bunch of rested guys, and you can fly around on defense. Like, that's, that's sort of how you play, right? You swarm to the ball, energy, right? It's all about energy. You can't blow assignments, right? But they, they understand right, the right. defense. So they, they didn't have any big gaffes. And yet they flew around, they hit, they tackled, all that stuff. But, uh, so that was the rest part. The rust part was clearly on offense. Yeah, you know, and I thought I, I mean, thought Jameis missed some some throw as you pointed out. Jameis yeah, missed, missed some long some throws. throws. They didn't. Their blocks they weren't on point. You know what I mean? They didn't they didn't finish blocks. They, you know, there's a guy here or there that that was a little off. They didn't. And the running game, I didn't think was very explosive. Look, I think their biggest their longest play today was what 20 yards. Probably yeah. It was there was a that and not the probably the play at the end of the first half when. Mike Evans caught a ball, over middle, which I thought was a dumb play. And yet he ended up getting out of bounds. Turned out to be a great play. I was all right. for them. And that's another example. Like Rick, I was, they were up. I was a little surprised. They were up 20 to nothing at the time. I think it was, or, or was it 20? It was 23, nothing. And they had the ball with a minute left deep in their own territory. I think they were taking over to 25 yard line. And I was like, all right, shut this thing down. This has been a good half. Pack it up, go into the halftime with it. And they went for it. And they, and they actually, got points which is another reason just one of many reasons why Dirk Cutter's on the sidelines and I'm sitting in the press box but I thought for sure that they would shut it down and they didn't they kept on scoring and I I think at that point Rick I know what they're what they're saying like you go into halftime you have a 26 nothing lead and then you end up winning 29 to 7 you feel like that 26 nothing lead you feel like you should win that game like 30 you know 39 yeah, it feels like you shut it down it's like i shut it you know shut but it down I, don't you think it's hard at that point to sort of get motivated like like that game was in no. the bay. like there was like no chance the bears were going to win that game and i well, think I mean, every they, they may have I think everybody felt it everybody felt it like even even it's hard to get up when you're up that much it's hard to get up to play don't you think no i i, I think guys still want to what? I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed to disagree. I disagree. <laughs> no, I, it's upside down. I'm surprised by it. I'm surprised. I, I, just, I, I think it's hard. The like disappointment going, in your voice. I, I, it was I, disappointment. You're killing I, somebody. I, it's like, it's hard. Like, well, we're not going to lose this game. Why should, Why am I going to break my neck here? Club them like a seal. I, I think that what happens is, is, is that, you, you know, guys still, it, this is kind of like, I mean, it's not baseball, right? But it's like, well, you're beating a team 12 to 1. Why do you want to go up there and hit a home run? Because I'm at bat. Because I don't want to give yeah, away a bat. Like, you stop stealing bases and you stop. Well, playing, they did run know. the ball. I will say this. They, they tried to shorten the game a little bit. They did run the ball a little bit. You know, they, they made Jameis try to convert on third down. That's But they didn't look good. You know what I mean? It just, it, no, it was yeah, kind of out of, it was at three points in, you know, 30 minutes is not good. And Here's the thing, though. I, I wonder how much different we'd feel about this because I think the first possession of the third quarter is the one they actually got the ball and they actually put together a nice drive. It was a fumble, yeah. And then it was a fu- it ended in a fumble. They go down and score there, but that's you know, part of it, right? Scored, scored there, and then they and then on the next drive, I think they went down and kicked a field goal. You know, so they it was like the the offense I like actually still continued to play okay the first couple of drives into the third quarter. And then by that Between point, the 20s. now we're into the fourth. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. And I mean, we've been writing about it for a while. We wrote about it last year. We wrote about it in the preseason and then showed up again today. When you're in a tight game, and they will be, okay, maybe this week coming up against Minnesota. They're never going to be in a tight game. They're going to kill everybody. <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. It's funny you mentioned that. I'm all caught up. We were, we were trying to figure out if there were two eyes in Jim Kick. We're going to call the Dolphins. <laughs> Mercury Moore is still around. <laughs> 
They're the, the pink the champagne on ice. That's right. Forget it. Call Larry Zonka. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's one Florida. Six, so, 16 yeah. and 0. That's if any team is going to beat that record, it's got to be a Florida <laughs> team, okay? Especially this year. We feel great, but that was a great job dominating, baby. All right, but hey, let's come back. Let's go to work next week. We're going to Minnesota. We know we're going to be playing there in the future, so take that yeah, yeah. advantage, baby. All right? That's like that. That's a blessing, all right? But family on three. One, two, three, family. Again, I, I'm not... Look, I've seen very few 29 to 7 scores, okay? Done this a minute, all right? Yeah. This looks and feels, okay, unlike last year. When, when, the, when the Bucks went into Atlanta last year and Jameis was tremendous, right, and they hit two huge shot plays, one to right. Austin Safarian Jenkins, who's no yeah. longer here and weighs 50 less pounds playing for the Jets, and then uh, another one to Mike Evans, which – Oh, he does his touchdowns, touchdowns. So Mike Evans scores, and he's got two shot plays. But you walked out of there thinking, man, they played really well, but I wasn't sure what they had. I mean, it's right. hard to go in and win in Atlanta. You don't throw it back. Atlanta, on the other hand, you're thinking, okay, well, they got a tough road. They got to play, like, you know, three of the next five on the road. They won their next five games, okay? Right. So Atlanta was great, went on the Super Bowl. But I still didn't feel like... like I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Last year's opening day win, even though the national people lost their minds and had them going Super Bowl, and they may again, but I still didn't feel like they were a complete team. I feel like this team is a complete team. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't look at one side of the ball and say, well, and there still is some growing up to do, obviously with Jameis, but but you don't look at either side and go, well, if this happens and if this one, this guy grows up and if Benson Jackson gets going. Right, you know right. what I mean? If he's not too old, um, that sort of thing. I mean, the only disappointing thing today was Deshaun Jackson, you know, ran about 25 go routes <laughs> and got frustrated because he didn't see the ball come near him, uh, except for one time when it was on the wrong shoulder. So, right. I, but I walked out of there tonight thinking, I'm not, you know, in a way I was surprised at the score. But then what I thought about, it, it's like, well, they're, they are a much better football team than the Bears. They, they are much better football. And this is the thing. I remember this. I remember the year that the Lightning won. I think it was the year the Lightning won the Stanley Cup. And they played the Penguins. And the Penguins were really bad that year. And the Lightning beat them 10 to nothing. And I remember talking to John Tortorella. And he wouldn't talk on the record. But we ended up talking, you know, sort of privately afterwards. And I said, how good is it that you have a really good team and you played a really bad team and you just absolutely kicked the snot out of them? Like, That's right. what does that do for you? And he's like, you know what? Like sometimes, like sometimes you need one of those games just to remind everybody how good you are. And I think this team today, we can sit here and talk about. And I don't think the Bears are very good. Clearly, I don't but, either. But that's what you do to a team. Like think about this. They we're sitting here nitpicking about all the things the Bucks didn't do <laughs> no. well. Dirk Cutter's not happy about it. Hey, he you started know, it. Right, and he, he did. And the offense, you know, sir, I agree. The offense didn't play a, a really good, a great game. And yet they still just blew out the Bears. And that's what you do. If you're a decent team, that's what you do to a bad team. You, you maul them. And that's what they did yes, to the Bears. So that, to me, that's the part. And you're right. That's impressive. And I agree with you, too. Like last year, there were some – you look back at the Atlanta game, and I thought, you know, it was easy to get excited. But they played great. It, but, but yeah. It, 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 did, it felt like you hit some big plays. You know what I mean? Like, you know, sort of – you hit some home runs. You know, which was right. great. I mean, guys made plays, and it still counts, and all that. You just didn't feel like you're gonna make a living doing that. Like this isn't Daryl LaMonica. You know what I mean? Like right. The Mad but see, I watched that offense today. I watched that offense today, and I thought, first off, Mike Evans. I think they could throw the ball to Mike Evans on every play if they wanted to. I think the That's guy right. could catch. They did the guy, last year. <laughs> they, well, I think they could do it again. I think the guy could, the guy's gonna catch a hundred footballs. He's gonna catch a hundred footballs this year. Well, he caught ninety six, Tom. Yeah. No, he's oh, gonna wow. catch a four more. He's gonna catch four he's gonna, more. He's gonna catch more than four more. He's gonna catch hundred and twenty. Whatever the number is, he's. Gonna, <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm telling you, you feel like he could get open on every play. Bold every predictions. Play. Tom Jones every, says, yeah. <laughs> Mike Evans will catch four more balls this year. Write it down. Write it I'm, down, folks. That's right. Take it to the bank, baby. I'm, no, I'm, t- I'm just saying, they, yeah. he cannot be stopped. Uh, O.J. Howard caught one, I think, one pass thing. One for 17 say. yards, yeah. Yeah, he's, so, I, you know, Deshaun Jackson's going to catch more passes. Cam Brate's going to catch more passes. I, I just think this offense, we just saw a taste of it today. I think it's going to be so much better as the season goes on. And that defense, if they can play anywhere near this, and then you can get Mike Glennon, the quarterback, most games, uh, you'll be okay. But I really do believe, I, I don't know, I, I saw something today, and I didn't expect for me to feel this way. And maybe next week I'll look like an idiot when they come back from Minnesota 1-1 one, <laughs> one and one after losing, you know, 30-7. Sure. Uh, but I, I just had this sense, like, they're way better than I thought they would be. Like, I was really blown away, and maybe I shouldn't be by beating a bad football team, but I, I was impressed with how they performed after being off for as long as they were. I just was blown away by how good and, they were. And that, that's a factor, too, because, you know, clearly, and Dirk Cutter was sensitive to this all week um, when we were talking to him, which is, one, you know, one of the things about being there every day is that you kind of pick up on, you know, on the vibes. Look, they, uh, they went out to practice Wednesday, and apparently it was a disaster. And... Right. It just it just wasn't good. It was like it was like a bunch of guys just got together in a yard somewhere. I guess apparently, it was real. Oh yeah, I was. We, just, I, we were talking to Joe McCoy, you and I, after the game. Yeah. And he was saying he was like that was a bad practice on it Wednesday. Just to, and we knew it at the time because like it's hard to read Dirk's moods sometimes, <laughs> because he's always got an edge to him anyway. But it, it's sort of like he came in and it was one word answers, and somebody said how was how was the temple? It was good. You know, he, he didn't want. And a lot of times it's because what he just saw was bad. And he's coming right off the practice field, and it was extremely hot. You know, guys had been in cars for 30 hours trying to get back to Tampa um, with babies crying and, you know, that sort of thing. It'd be like going on the road with you. And I, I was know, waiting. I was waiting. It was about three seconds later than I thought it was going to be. Oh, geez. Would it take, the, yeah, would it I'll tell that get, story. Would it take you to get home? In other words, I'd feel a lot like Matt Baker, if you know what I mean. So... I'll tell um, that story in a minute. Jeez. But they roll out there and they have a crappy practice and they're thinking, geez, we haven't been, you know, we haven't played football in like a month. And and you do, you know, you do the doubt kind of craps creeps in. But I think as the week went on, but I no like I I did not I told somebody early in this week, because I'm a like this is why I don't bet, right? In addition to I don't have any money but I, to but to lose, but um but I'm I'm bad at it. And I've always been bad at it. Like really? football. Like well, but yeah, I mean like if you tell me if somebody asked me, hey, man, what's the spread? Are you, what do you think? Will they call? I have no idea. Like I'm, I was 3-13 and 13 against the spread last week, okay? So don't, please, please, if you see my picks, and I don't know where they are, but we do them, but I don't know where they are. But if you see them, please, I'm begging you, don't follow me. In fact, pick the opposite. You would have gone 13-3, and three, okay? Look at it that way. So be oppo, man. But um, I told somebody, I thought, you know, there was a, it was a six, what's the spread? It was a six-point spread. And I said, mm, I, it's a field goal game to me. You know, in the fourth quarter, Bucks may be gassed. I don't know. And then, like, I'm, I watched the game, and I'm going, why did I ever think this was going to be close? Like, you know? Well, I just, well, I, you know, I'll tell you why, Rick. Because they're so Dirk, much better. Like, Dirk Cutter said good. after the game, you know, well, Dirk Cutter said after the game, you never know what to expect from that first one. Like, you just don't know what that's you're going to get. That's true, but I bet he knows I now. I think that's what happened, yeah. You know what Dirk Cutter thinks now? We are everything I thought we were going to be, and maybe more. Because the so thing why wouldn't people, he tell me that after the game when I said, "Are, are how could you be more?" Because that's how you get the crap kicked out of you next week, and then you wow, write, that's it. Dirk yeah. Cutter got ahead of his skis. It's his fault. He built this team up to be something they're not. I mean, I can write it for you. Like, um, well, 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 you're right. No, you're absolutely. <laughs> hey, well, so so next week uh, they're going to get the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings were. Right. They they were bad today. They got blown up by the Steelers. Well, they had their they quarterbacks get, hurt again. No Sam Bradford, right? Sam Bradford had the best week in the NFL, and then all of a sudden, like he goes to bed one night, and he wakes up and his knee's swollen, and it's the one he's had, you know, like two ACLs or it can't be a good sign, right? Right. Um, doesn't know what happened. They don't. They, no ligaments are torn apparently. Okay, so what's causing the swelling? You know. Um, unless he's a flamingo and he slept on one leg on it. I don't know what like what. Well, would that cur- no, it's a franchise. It's the Vikings. That can't. That franchise is cursed. It's I cursed. lived there for three. I lived there for three years. I'm just telling. They will never win. They will never win a Super Bowl. They will. Ne- they will tease their fans. They will get close at times. But 
I mean, just think of this. Like, Sam Bradford's the guy they brought in to replace another guy who blew out his knee in practice. Yeah, no, like, Teddy this is like, it's Bridge a... Over, yeah, Teddy Bridge over troubled water. Yeah. <laughs> My Matt Berman, by the way. What, missed real, him this, this summer? Weekend. This, when? Yeah, oh, you missed Berman. He wasn't on countdown. He's, no, on, he's gone. There's Sam Ponder, and I don't do a good Sam Ponder. That, unfortunately, my old no. Well. It's you, wasn't that funny. Speaking of Sam Ponder and the Vikings, wasn't there? Did, was there, was it her that got mad a couple of years ago when Christian Ponder got hurt, and he hurt it like he separated his like left shoulder, and like Deadspin or somebody like tweeted out <laughs> or, or, or had their headline like Sam Bradford suffers injury to non-interception throwing shoulder. Sam and she Ponder. went like... You said Sam Bradford. But she like, she like totally went nuts. She was like totally upset that it, like they, they made fun <laughs> of it. That's good. It's actually but, uh, really good. But, but they, anyways, won't have Sam, they may or may not have yeah. Sam Bradford. Although I hear you. Yeah. Who knows? If they have yeah. them, it's, it's a different team. Look, they look great in week one. And that just goes to show you, don't put a lot of stock in week one. And don't lose your starting quarterback in week two Absolutely. and go to Pittsburgh. Right, right. I still... uh, a couple, couple other games. I don't know if you if you uh, noticed, like the Panthers won, but did not look good. Nine to Blow. three against the Bills. Worst Greg Olson for got them. Out. Yeah, yeah well, Greg Olson breaks his uh, foot, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, they don't know how many weeks he's going to be out. And Cam Newton uh, injured his ankle, and that's the ankle that he had surgery on a year or two ago. Although they say that they think he'll be fine. That's what you always say when you hope he'll be right. fine. But nine points, that's that offense, I don't like there's something it might it might be Mike Shula. There's something missing. You know, Cam's not gonna run anymore. And so they're trying to give him, you know, some shorter throws, get the ball out of his head. It's not what he that's not who he is. It's not what right, he does. Right. Right. He drives the ball or he takes off. And some I mean, for Carolina scored nine and they're they're relatively healthy. I know Olsen got one out. That's not a good sign for them. I'm telling yeah. you, I, I, I like snap judgments, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah write yeah. it down because it's September, what, 17th? Right. I think the NFC South is going to come down between Atlanta and Tampa. I, I, I don't think New Orleans can play defense still. No. And I, uh, although, you know, the Bucks are certainly capable of losing to all these teams, and they lost to New Orleans last year when they couldn't play defense, when they needed a win. And I, something about Carolina doesn't I don't feel like right. him. Doesn't I don't feel like him. Right. Yeah. No, I don't like him. And it's you know what it is? It's Cam. I got a bad I got a bad I agree vibe. With you. I, agree I got a bad vibe you. about it. I don't know. I can't lost all I can say is, Yeah. You're right. I it's a bit. gut it's a gut feeling. I just I just have a the feeling that he's still that coming back right. from he's soldier so, shoulder surgery. He didn't play much in preseason. I mean maybe you know what? Maybe week 8 we look at him and go, "Wow, that's him again," you know. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I'm with you on this. I, and I think, yeah, the Saints are garbage. I, I don't think they're going anywhere. But I think it comes down between Atlanta and uh, and Tampa Bay. But, of course, Tampa Bay goes 16-0, and 0, so I don't think there's going to be, you know, Atlanta's <laughs> playing for a wild card. Um, I don't want to go through all the games, but a couple other games did jump out at me that I just wanted to bring up real quick. Yeah. Uh, Jaguars back to earth, Blake Bortles. I looked up at one point, Blake Bortles had a quarterback rating of 4.5. That's yeah. Yeah, and they got That's, killed. The Titan, the Titans killed. Titans, Titans looked all right. Titans ran like ran the ball like crazy. Titans are the uh, they don't do it the same way with the AFC version of the Bucks, right? They got Mariota, Bucks got Winston. They yeah. win nine. Yeah. Bucks won nine. They come out strong this year, you know. So, John Robinson, former former Buck, worked under Jason Light, you know, doing doing yeah. in Tennessee what they're doing here. And then the other big game, the Cowboys got destroyed. The Broncos they just did. wiped out the Cowboys. And you know what? I, it's my prediction. Cowboys are not going to have a good year. I think they're going to. I think. I think they're. I'm not going to say like they're. They're not going to go like you know four and twelve. I think they're going to struggle to be above five hundred. I think Dak takes really? a big step. Yeah. I think this Ezekiel Elliott stuff's got them. You know, a he's little not the same guy right now. Yeah, For and I think reason. Dak Prescott takes a step back this year. Well, if he can't run the ball like they did last year, it's going to put more on his shoulders, right? Yeah, I think that's and what's I, happening. I think team, you know, not that teams didn't try to stop Zeke last year, but Zeke, Zeke was just so good, and the offensive line was so good. Um, they have a little trouble, I think, at left guard maybe right now. But, um, yeah, the more you put on the young kids, he's still a young quarterback. He's still learning. Right. I mean, Jam- Jameis in his second year wasn't a finished product. He's certainly not now. Uh, but that Denver defense is elite still. I mean, look, if you can let T.J. Ward go and say, we're good, like, yeah. really? Like, how good are you? You must be really good. They still got, 
you know, the no-fly zone, and, and uh, I think, you know, Von Miller had like 25 sacks or something today. And, and they're still they're just really, really good. And Trevor right, so Simeon's is, is shocked, by the way. Yeah, no, yeah right. Played Absolutely. really well. All right, so let me tell you my, quickly my Gainesville story before we get into the, to the Gators game. So uh, we get a, a letter from the Department of Transportation on Saturday, or, or like Thursday or Friday, saying I-75 is going to be packed. There's all these people traveling from Hurricane Irma. So Matt Baker and I are going to drive up. Matt Baker covers colleges for the Times. And we are going to meet in Wesley Chapel at the Wesley Chapel office. That's right there at the Pasco Pinellas or Pasco yeah, Hillsborough not line. Not far from where I live, yeah. There you go. So we're going to meet at 10 o'clock to drive for a 3.30 kick. Because we, wow. Matt and I like, yeah, Matt and I like to get there early. So we get this letter from the, from the DOT. And the Gators tweet it out, and they tell all their boosters. Now, all of a sudden, I'm scared to death that we're going to be stuck on the interstate listening to Mick Huber on the radio going, oh, my, as the Gators are you know, running up and down the field. And we're going to, we're going to miss the game. Wait, stop at Mick for a second. Like you got, we, this is a long drive, so we got plenty of time. So who is, who is Mick's uh, color guy? Who's his, who's his analyst? I don't even podcast? know who it is. I don't even know. Oh, it's Lee McGriff. Thank you, voice man. It's Might Lee McGriff. That's Steve Burstick. It's yeah. Lee McGriff. Lee McGriff. He's got one of those. So like you got like him and Mick go to well, go together well, but it's so like I don't know. I, I can't really do him yet, but when I can't, when I do do him, but it's just like please, yeah. Man, he's just so country. You know what I mean? Like right. that makes sense. No, yeah, absolutely. I'm absolutely. sorry. So you're but, driving Gainesville? No, no. So, so we we decided we're going to drive to Gainesville, and we're going to meet at 10 o'clock at the Wesley Chapel office. So we get this letter from the DOT and all that, and they're saying the traffic's going to be horrible. So Matt starts getting panicky. So Matt's got to be there. He's like, maybe we should leave a little earlier. And I'm like, well, how much earlier? And he goes, what? how about nine? Nine o'clock. Nine, like, nine o'clock for a three thirty game. And I'm like, I checked the schedule. I'm like, this game's at Gainesville, not Knoxville, right? I mean, so. <laughs> We end up, we meet, I'm like, okay, fine. I, I agreed with that. So we, we leave Wesley Chapel at 9 a.m., okay, 9 a.m., Wesley Chapel. Wow. We pull off at the Newberry exit, which is where we get off to go to Gainesville, at 10.20. <laughs> it took an hour yeah, tra- and 20 traffic minutes. Traffic was really backed up. I went 80 and never even thought about tapping my brakes the entire way there. <laughs> so we get there, and now it's six hours before the game. So we went to Perkins. Oh my. We had to kill two hours. Oh my. <laughs> we had to kill two hours before they even out. let the media in to the stadium. So I went to Perkins and I had 14 cups of coffee at Perkins. <laughs> I just the way the way even even the waitresses were like, "Can you guys leave already, please?" Like, they changed I changed shifts by the time you got out of there. So then we go to the game. Yeah, really. We go to the game. We finally get there. The game starts and Rick, it's the worst college football game I've oh, ever I seen. Oh, I know. In my life. Don't I know? And at one point there was like it's an open air press box in Gainesville at, at Ben Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, and I'm and above me there's a TV, that's that's connected to like to a pole, and it's like swaying over my head. And the whole time I'm thinking like, please don't fall on my head. And then about midway through the third quarter, I'm like, please fall on my head because I don't want to watch this game anymore. This was an all, and then it ends with the most incredible play, that I can that I that I've ever witnessed in person, where the Gators are basically. Like Jim McElwain's the only guy in the world that somehow tries to run out of clock in a tie game. He's screwing yeah, up every time. Thirty-three seconds, ball midfield doesn't call timeout, but then ends up smelling like a rose with a hail mary. That kid don't call it a hail mary. Don't call. Don't call it a hail mary. I called it a hail mary. That's what I called it, and every Gator in the world came after me and called me an idiot and was said a, that I was what, cheating them out of. They said that it was an actual. It was an actual double play. post. Double post or. Everybody oh, go long. You know what that is? Everybody go out for a pass. That's that play we call. That's right, yeah. Go yeah, go, go out deep, to the telephone pole and we'll throw it as far as we can. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's it was not it, it to me it was a Hail Mary. And they score in that play and they win. And the only reason they win that game, Rick, is because Butch Jones and Tennessee are worse than they are. I I don't know how you let that guy get behind you. Butch Jones, by the way, I saw a great tweet today. Somebody said, If Butch, Butch Jones is like your mailman and all the, your letters are rolling down the street, and it's not your street. That's the guy's like total. I don't understand how he's still the coach today. I, I don't know how much, you know, our our that should our, have been. You know, our producer should... Steve Versnick he used to. He was a Cincinnati guy at one point. Yeah, so yeah. It's uh, but I, I, look, I just I don't. I'm not a big Butch Jones guy. And I don't think anybody in Tennessee is. Today. See, that was one of those games where they could have said, 
like to make college football more interesting, this is what they should do: is go, okay, you two guys are going to play, and whichever team loses, the coach is fired. Like that should have <laughs> been going in. It should be. You know, you play. You pay. For, you play like you race. You drag race like back in the day. I don't know. Right, right, right. Yeah. Per pink slip. Wait a minute, what? What? <laughs> you <laughs> I was going along with you. He's like, yeah, yeah. Wait, we drag raced? You drag no, raced? I, I didn't know. It wasn't in the 50s. I wasn't born yet. But I'm saying, like. <laughs> I was waiting for the girl in the bikini with the white handkerchief and, like. Yeah, right. Like you, would, like you in the leather jacket. The I saw Grease Lightning once. <laughs> Who was that girl? Dropping a hanky or whatever? You know, <laughs> yeah, for right. pink, we're, riding for, we're racing for pink slip. Well, they should do Tuscadero, that. Like, yeah. Yeah, they should do that for like uh, for W twos. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, okay, you lose, you're out of a job, and yeah. and and because I kind of got that feeling that's the way it was. I mean, look, Jim McElwain, after it was over, looked like a guy that's like you know the governor called right, like he <laughs> he got he got pardoned at the lab. They unhooked the machine, you know. Got to see. That's his wife not a good foot. Rick, they can't play offense. They can't play. They can't move the football. Not I know they scored a bunch. Offense. They scored a bunch of points late in that game, but they're. I'm telling you, they're they're in trouble next week at Kentucky. I'm I'm telling you, keep an eye on that game. They they may lose that game at Kentucky, and if they lose that game, I'm starting to try to find SEC games they can win because I'll tell you what the SEC. Well, the is SEC hot. it stinks though. Here it is. You're, Who's good in the SEC? You're Alabama. half right. Go. No, no, you're Go. half right. You're half right about this. Half you're, right. You're right. It's it's very top heavy. The, Alabama's really good, but I'm telling you, is Who there's no is great, good? there's no good team, but there's no bad team. The SEC East is like there's enough competence there that that Georgia could beat them. You know, I'm not. Well, Florida then, can lose to anybody, but I'm they, saying, that's what I'm saying. Bad, that's what, that's my point. League. It's not like the it's not like a lot of other conferences where you could just you could half show up. Like Penn State can in the Big Ten. There's some Big Ten schools like you just show up and you're going to beat them. Like Rutgers, like no, like who's Rutgers going to beat? You know. Indiana's going to have trouble beating anybody. But, like, you just can't roll in and show up and beat Kentucky or Georgia, you know, or Vandy. Like, those teams are, like, decent enough where if you're bad, they'll beat you. You know, so that's where and I you think, think like, Florida's bad. I do. Or don't you? You, you, you watch them. think the quarterback's young. I think the quarterback's young. He can throw the ball, you know, from here from over. They didn't help him out. I'll tell you, they didn't catch the ball. No, no, they don't catch the ball. Well, and I look, I know got a bunch of guys are suspended and the Callaway's still out. He's our best player. But, but yeah. I, but it's not like those. It's not like oh, before the, these guys were suspended, they were scoring forty-five points a game. This wasn't like running gun Steve Spurrier, Urban Meyer days. Like they've never been able to throw the football. So I just don't. I don't know. I I, I think they're. I think they're in uh, serious just, trouble. I don't think Jim McElwain is Jim Harbaugh with, without the khakis. I just. Hey, I just, before we go, Rick, I just want to get your thoughts real quick. Uh, we may have seen Alex Cobb in the race in the last time in person. Anyway, he's got. Unless the Rays make the playoffs, which I don't think they are. They're five and a half out now. They beat the Red Sox on Sunday, uh, three to two. Callum May gets his uh, what forty-fifth save, which I think leads the majors. Sucre with the home run to win it. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but but Cobb pitched on Saturday. Could this be it? Do you think for Alex Cobb? Do you think? Could I think he's made his last start here, unless you know there's some some kind of weird scheduling uh, rain out thing. I don't know what would happen to make him pitch in Tampa again. But yeah, no, this is it. Um, what would he accept? A one-year deal to for what? Um, you know, Alex Cobb has been through so many injuries that God bless him. If he makes it through the season and somebody wants to give him, you know, $15, $18 million a year or whatever starting pitchers are getting these days, he should take it. And the base should be happy that he got it. Um, he's given everything he has to this franchise. And he came back from some pretty awful stuff, including the Tommy John and I, I think, you know, he's come as close to being who Alex Cobb. I mean, the one thing about Cobb is he pitched more with his guts than his stuff anyway. And, and you know, it's a shame because like a lot of good pitchers that they've had, they've, they've moved on from. But as Mark Tompkin uh, wrote in the, in the Tampa Bay Times this morning, you know, most of the guys they let go, they let go at the right time. You know, there hasn't Not- been a ton of guys that have left here you know, I mean, David Price, you know what, he won 18 or 19 or 20 games, won, won one year after he left. But for the most part, yeah, you know, they, they, the guys haven't come back to really haunt him all that much. Alex Cobb will come back to haunt him. Alex Cobb will so? win. Yeah, Alex Cobb is going to win. Like, he'll have a couple of 18-win seasons after really? this. Yeah, I really do think so. I think if he goes to a team that can, you know, provide any offense at all, like he's going to go somewhere. 
Like he's a he's a guy that will go somewhere. Like if he ends up like with the what's the uh, most sure like the winning Dodgers. aside? Because I know winning's not the only thing. But what's the most win? He's won eleven. What's he got win this year? Something like that. Yeah. Well, Does this he year win more not, than eleven this year. No, no. But I still that's, think he has tremendous thing, like, stuff. Like really? really good stuff. Yeah. I you and I, I have talked about great, this a long time. I think he has great makeup. I think his stuff is just okay. Kind of lost his changeup, which is. See, but I, I, th- I think he, as the year has gone on, I think he, you know, and I've talked to him a couple of times about this, like even, even after really good performances, he says, I'm still not 100%. I'm still still trying yeah. to find, you're right about that. Like the fastball's still there, but it's it's that it's the finesse on that changeup that I think he's still working on. I think once he gets that, and we've seen flashes of it this year. I think once, if he gets that back consistently, I think he's like a 16, 17, 18 game winner. I think he'll win, he'll win, I think he has another 50 wins in him in the majors, and I think he'll do it over the next, you know, four, three or four years. I think, I think he's going to be really good, and you'll see him in the postseason pitching for somebody pitching like I don't know, I don't know where he'll end up, like, but if he ends up going to a team like Houston, or a team that that has a little bit of offense, I think he can turn out to be. It's going to be sad to leave. Should the Rays have traded him? I mean, did they really think they had a shot? I think. I think. I think when they. When it was time to trade him, I think they still thought they were in it. I don't, I yeah. don't know that they were. I, you know, deep down, I don't think that they were. But I yeah. think it would have sent the bad message. And I don't know how much you would have got back for him at that point, honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't know that you would have really gotten a real good player back. But they're getting ready to wrap it up. But are you going to Trop this week? See your boy Joe Madden? I want to. Um, we'll see. I mean, I got two shots at it. It's just been kind of a disjointed thing with my family out of town. But I'll be watching. And uh, I know a lot of people will be there. You know. Yeah, speaking of a lot of people, how many in attendance do you think for those two games? Oh, 30? I bet they, they, yeah, they get thirty for the Cubs. I'll, yeah, I bet they draw. I bet they draw about fifty thousand in the two games. There's a lot of Cubs fans down there too. Chicago, yeah. you know, Midwest, especially on the west coast of Florida, absolutely. Well, a big week coming up, so we'll talk a lot about Joe Madden later on in the week. Lightning are back in training camp. I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, talk to Joe Smith. He'll be joining us pretty soon on the podcast. Uh, and, again, check us out on uh, TampaBay.com Sports. But subscribe to the podcast, the Rick and Tom podcast. Right now it's up on Sound, uh, SoundCloud uh, and coming soon to Apple Podcasts and Google Play and all the other places that you can download podcasts. So you want to be sure to download it. So just like riding a bike, Rick. We're back. It's great, man. It really feels good. I hope everybody listens and um, make sure you subscribe and enjoy it. We'll be here Monday through Friday. Yeah, Monday through Friday, each and every day, hopefully first thing in the morning. So our thanks to uh, Steve Firstnick for producing, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.